Crazy Effing Mommy, episode 120. I'm your host, Elise DeLucci. We're here on the Upper East Side. I think I might get a studio for the show. I don't know. What do you think about that? You know, I like doing it in my apartment I feel like it's very personal. I have a studio set up inside my apartment. But if I go into a actual and into an actual studio, I can have a background. I don't know. I like the personal aspect of this, but a studio sometimes will garner a little bit more heat because obviously it's a professional setting and all that kind of stuff. I don't really know. I don't know. It's just something I'm thinking of. Fact of the day, one of my favorite shows, maybe one of yours, The Golden Girls, the kitchen table at The Golden Girls on The Golden Girls on the set only had three seats because a fourth seat at the table would mean they were blocking the camera. Also, also facts on The Golden Girls, Estelle Getty, you know, she was around the same age. She played Sophia Patrol. She, when she was 63 years old on the show, she got a facelift and the producers were furious because it wasn't going to make her look as, you know, Dorothy's mother. Because she she actually kind of looked young in real life. And Rue McClanahan was supposed to play Betty White and I, I, Betty White was supposed to play Blanche Devereaux. Isn't that funny? And then it switched. I don't know how it switched. But the reason why we're talking about the Golden Girls is because there is a Golden Girls exhibit coming to New York City on November 16th where you could tour their kitchen and sit in it. It's like a pop-up museum kind of thing. uh, And it's going to be at East 54th Street in Midtown People. And it's going to, you know, and and by the way, it's going to be like the set, I think it's just the kitchen. Like it's going to be the kitchen and you could do photo ops and I don't know, you can order. I think you can actually order some food, right? I think you can order, what do I have it actually. Sophie, okay, so you can order Sophia's lasagna al forno. You can order a Miami style Cuban sandwich because obviously they lived in Miami. It's $40 a person a ticket. I saw online, you can buy a ticket at bucketlisters.com. I'm not plugging bucketlisters. I don't even know what the hell bucketlisters.com is, okay? They're not paying me, but that's what I saw online. So I, that's, that is what, where you can get a ticket. But um, I, think it's a di- I think it's like a dining experience. That's what I think it is. A pop-up museum slash dining experience. I'm going to go. I'm going to check it out because I'm a Golden Girls fan. I, I, I like these ideas of these, th- this idea of the pop-up, you know, because they did one for Friends and that was ridiculously successful. And I'm sure, by the way, with Golden Girls, you're going to be able to buy merch, of course. But they had the Friends experience that was on 23rd Street. That was wildly successful. They have a Harry Potter experience somewhere in Manhattan. That's also been a big hit with the younger people. I, 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 this is a new thing. It's a new thing. I think it's a nice use of the spaces that are vacant. I don't know if that's the reason why some of these things come up, right? I know it's a better use of space than what happened in my neighborhood. Yeah, there's a couple of empty spaces in my neighborhood and they put a pop-up store. I'm so excited. I saw them building it out very quick. It happened like in a week. I was so excited for this pop-up store. I was like, oh, what is it going to be? It's going to be a coffee shop. Is it going to be a liquor store? <gasps> is it going to be a new diner? Because the diner near my house is awful, right? No, you know what it is? It's a freaking cannabis smoke shop. Out of all the things, it, oh my God. And by the way, by the way, it says on the sign outside, like smoke shop. It's very, you know, very creative. Just calling the store smoke shop. And then underneath it has 
uh, you know, tobacco products, vapes, and then it says organic snacks. So when the store opened up, my girls and I were walking by and they said, oh, mommy, look at the new store. And then one of them said, oh, that's an inappropriate store. They're so funny. And then, but my little one was like, oh, but they sell snacks. And they, you know, they, they see the word snacks and they're thinking it's, you know, Cheetos, Doritos and cookies. And yeah, organic snacks, code word for like, you know, pop brownies. This should be illegal. Okay. They're, as far as I'm concerned, I didn't even go in the store. I, I want them to have as little foot traffic as possible because I want that store out of there. There was a shooting or a stab, a stabbing rather outside a smoke shop a few weeks ago. I think I might've mentioned it at like 9 p.m. somewhere on 2nd Avenue. I don't want a smoke shop near my house. And, and then the fact that my daughters thought that they, they sold snacks, it's like, I don't think that government and all that, like, I don't, I think that we should have, we should be able to choose whatever we want to name our businesses, whatever we want to put in our bodies. I, I, I agree with, I, you know, I, I, that's our choice, right? Like when I think it was a Bloomberg, Maya Bloomberg, when he wanted to put a ban on soda. And I, and I, even though I was a big Maya Bloomberg fan, I, cause he was so pro Manhattan, by the way, I, I didn't like that. I understood why he wanted to do it because soda is so disgusting for you. Corn syrup, you're drinking corn syrup. Why don't you just get a bottle of Caro from Pathmark and just, just start glugging away. But to, to, to put an extra tax or a ban or whatever the hell he wanted to do on soda, it's like, mind your own goddamn business. People have to take accountability and responsibility for their own decisions, right? But I do think there should be some sort of FDA, some sort of rule that says that these smoke shops shouldn't be calling their merch, the merchandise, organic snacks. Anyway. It's a kid. I live in a neighborhood, family neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? Just putting it out there, people. Anyway, so the Golden Girls, I, I'm I'm excited to go. I think it's great. I used to love this ice cream store in New York. Well, it's still around and I still love it. There was an ice cream place in New York. Well, why am I saying there was? There is an ice cream place in New York called Big Gay Ice Cream. It's around. It's a chain. You could Google it. They used to have more locations and then pandemic happens and I think they only have three locations now. The one I go to is on the Upper West Side. Anyway, they, their, their big gay ice cream, their theme was Golden Girls in the ice cream store. And they named all their, their, their cones and stuff after the Golden Girls. And then recently when I went with the kids, I don't know, in August, I saw that they took the Golden Girls, they stripped the Golden Girls away from the big gay ice cream shop. There, they, no more pictures of Dorothy and Blanche on the, the menu board. None in the windows. No, and they were really they were fun. They were like these big caricatures of them, and they were like riding unicorns and like hair blowing in the wind, and maybe like coconut bras on. Like they were crazy, and it was so it was so cool. But I think that they became so successful that you know I don't know the execs over at Golden Girls came in knocking and said, "You don't have the license to do this. Take it off." So they did. At least that's what I think happened. One day I'm going to ask. I don't know. But the ice cream is still the same. It's still delicious. But it didn't lose that cachet. You know what I'm saying? Big gay ice cream. Golden girls galore in there. This past weekend, I was at the Staller Center in Long Island at Stony Brook with Vic DiPotetto. And it was amazing. It was sold out. 1,000 seat theater at Stony Brook. I didn't even know that place even existed by the way, 
And it was gorgeous. It was totally, you know, it was on the Stony Brook campus. And um, I didn't really get to go around Stony Brook, but I was in the parked on loading dock. And then, you know, I just went in and to the green room and like whatever, but it was a beautiful theater. It was real. it was really nice. And they were so nice there. And the guy that runs it, I forget his name. Oh, he, you know, he, they, 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 they put out such a spread for us and goodie bags and oh, I don't know. I came home with all the Stony Brook merch. My daughter's like, what's Stony Brook? I'm like, oh, it's a college. And you know, they're so, they're so excited. Oh, mommy, did you see any students? I'm like, yes, they're so sweet. I don't know if that's, I actually think that's a little bit of a commuter school. There were people there, like there were students living there. I saw the dorms and I saw all the kids eating their dinners. Oh my God, I'm looking in the Zoom, by the way, my face is so greasy. I don't know if it's greasy or dewy. You know, it's a fine line, the grease or the dew. But it was great. It was a great show. Thank you if you were there. Thank you for coming out. Where are we going to be next? Uh, we are going to be at Count Basie Theater in Red Bank, New Jersey, coming up in November. Uh, we will be at Governor's at some point. We will also be at Uncle Vinny's, I believe, in uh, Point Pleasant, New Jersey, I believe, around Thanksgiving. So some more shows to come. He's going to be heading to Canada. I actually have a, a, a fan base in Canada. There's a lot of Italians in Montreal and Toronto. Um, so. I, I don't, I'm not going to be with him though in Canada. Oh, well, too bad. Oh my God. So I could finally talk about it. I had the craziest message like a month and a half ago, maybe two months ago now. I was called in to audition for a feature film, a Warner Brothers film to play Robert De Niro's wife. Okay. And then upcoming mob moving. I practically fell off my chair, people, when I got the message. First of all, does he know who I am? Uh, do those people know who I am? Like, I mean, because sometimes it's not who you know, it's who knows you. You know, you don't really, I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know how, I don't know. But I was able to audition. And it was a, the craziest experience. It was on a Saturday. I had to go into like Midtown and do this taping and do two scenes and one was like a sort of serious scene kind of sitting at a table having conversation and then another one was like a crazy wild screaming scene and unfortunately I didn't get the part Catherine Narducci got the part and she posted it on Instagram and I also posted that I had the audition blah blah and I gave you know gave her a shout out she's a if you're listening, hi, Catherine. She she follows me online. She's a, a, a fan of, of the Deloach. And, you know, I couldn't be more honored. I couldn't be more honored that I read for the same role as her. I mean, she's been in a ton of movies. And by the way, how her career got started was, I think she took her son, I think like 20 years ago. I think the story goes like 20 years ago, she took her son to an audition when he was a little kid. And, as, and they saw her and, whoever casting and we're like oh we actually we like you <laughs> and then and then the rest was history but I couldn't be more honored I'm so happy for her I'm happy that she got the role obviously I would have loved to get the role it would have changed my life but it was the craziest whirlwind and maybe one day and it's one of those things that I'm just never gonna forget I'm never gonna forget you know reading the email I'm never gonna forget going there and it's it, and doing it and uh and I'm never gonna forget getting to say that I auditioned to play Robert De Niro's wife. And maybe they weren't looking for a new face, by the by. 
You know what I'm saying? I thought maybe they were looking for new faces. I thought that they were. Because Paramount, when they made the offer, used all uh, um, LA actors, I believe. And I thought maybe they wanted to do some, give some New York, New York Italian actors a chance. I don't know. Whatever. It was amazing. Butter lettuce, people. Are you eating butter lettuce? Because I, butter, first of all, the gods that do the marketing for butter lettuce, whoever came up with the name butter lettuce should get an award, an award. I buy butter lettuce just because it's called butter lettuce. I don't know if that's like, because I'm always dieting. Or because I'm a marketer's dream. I just love the, the fact that I could buy something titled butter lettuce makes me very happy. I didn't, you know, growing up, we only had iceberg lettuce, I feel like. I feel like my mother only, like a wedge, a wedge salad, an iceberg lettuce. Now there are so many different salad op- lettuce options, right? Butter lettuce, red leaf butter lettuce, spinach, arugula, kale, romaine, spring mix. Iceberg is all the way at the bottom of the barrel, right? Nobody touches iceberg when you go to the supermarket. Here's the thing, though. The butter lettuce and kale, they're coming in the plastic. They come in these plastic boxes. I mean, you know, you could buy them bags, like Fresh Express or whatever brands. But for some reason, when I buy Dole or Fresh Express, and I don't know why, they always go bad quicker than the, 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 some of the salad that comes in the box. Like, what is it, Earth Organic or whatever brands like that? But I kind of feel that all lettuce, I, I like, I don't know, like maybe we should, maybe, this is what I'm saying. I love butter lettuce, but I went to the store the other day and they wanted like $6.99 for a plastic box of butter lettuce. And I just don't think that I should be paying for the plastic box. You know what I'm saying, people? Like maybe bag it, maybe that's cheaper. Or does the plastic box make it last longer? And by the way, With all this organic this and no pesticides, is using plastic the best idea? I mean, just saying. Like, is is it corn plastic? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I'm paying a plastic markup because you want to put your lettuce inside a plastic box. I don't know if that makes sense. And then it also takes up a ton of room in the fridge. You know? And I got like four boxes, plastic boxes of lettuce in my fridge. I don't want to play. Pl- I don't want to pay plastic box overage, but I do like the products inside the box. You know, you know what has the best brand lettuce? Um, I think it's uh, one is Bowery. At least we have it here in New York, and then another one, Gotham Greens. If I ever buy salad, or if I ever see it on sale, because I won't buy a full price, because full price is like six, seven dollars. Now, come on, this is ridiculous. If I ever see uh, Gotham Greens on sale, particularly their basil. It comes in a little plastic, the little plastic, the little plastic box. It lasts so long. It lasts so much longer than just some basil that you buy from the produce section and you put in one of the bags that come off the roll. But, and I don't know why. I don't know what, what they do to it that it lasts longer, but it's nice. It's, it's, it's a, they, Gotham Greens is a beautiful brand of produce. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful, the lettuce, the basil, everything they make, Gotham Greens, I feel, Delicious. I, I don't I don't know. I didn't even I didn't even plan on I don't know where they are. I didn't plan on mentioning that. I don't know anything about them. All I know is if you're the CEO of Gotham Greens, you saw that there was a problem in the lettuce 
industry. You saw that lettuce was going bad. You saw the quality and you stepped up your game. Bruh. Bravo to you. But can we lower the prices? That's all I'm saying. Can we maybe not put it in the plastic box? What about a, what about like some cardboard box alternative? Or would that get a little skivats because the moisture from the lettuce or the basil leaves, right? Would it, would that sink into the cardboard? Yeah, that's probably what happens. Anyway, not a problem that we need to solve here on Crazy Effing Mommy, right, people? You know what is a problem, though? Okay, I've been... Okay, there's this place in the city, and I, they're a chain also, Pliables. I uh, gave them a shout-out on a social media video. They... I love their story. I think Pliables, Pliables is out of Belmar, New Jersey. And it's a couple that started this smoothie business, juice business, whatever. And they was they set up a stand, I think, like right near the beach in Belmar, New Jersey. If you're not from this part of the country or the world, that's the Jersey Shore. And they just started selling their smoothies and stuff outdoors. Long story short, they turned into a big blossoming business. And they have chains. And some of these chains, some of their stores are in the city. I don't know if they franchise out. I don't know what the deal is. They make smoothies and bowls and juices and all that. And when I'm doing stand-up and I don't want to eat a meal because like, I can't be full when I'm on stage. If I see a pliables or, or something like that, I'll go and I'll pick up a smoothie or whatever. You know, like bananas, and like protein powder maybe oranges. Sometimes they put like cashew milk and I say, oh, hold the milk, do water, thank you. I don't need extra calories for cashew milk. <sighs> so I just want to know why they're charging $12. I get it. There's a lot of manpower there. But that, do you remember the only juice available was V8 in a can, right? You couldn't even get my mother to buy that for $2. Now you got all these brands that go juice press, this ply of all these, they're going around selling juices for 10, 12, 13. It's your juice. You're not even food. I know food replacement. I know well, it's, 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 it costs money to get the greed, the, 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 the stuff. Oh, please. You guys get it from the Jetros of the world, the food warehouses. You pay all kinds of wholesale, blah, blah, blah. I got the, I'm only saying this because I went to pliables the other day and I got a smoothie or smoothie juice thing. And it was $13. And I was like, what a f- this is so expensive. <sighs> Do you know when I mentioned McDonald's on the food note? Uh, did I mention McDonald's, the cactus farm? Anyway, McDonald's partnered with this, this artist and they did this cactus farm flea market special thing at McDonald's, the adult happy meal. And they made a line of toys inside the adult happy meal. McDonald's doesn't traditionally do an adult happy meal. They only do the kids happy meal, but they made this line of toys, like four items and you're able to collect them. <coughs> and it's called cactus plant flea market, adult happy, some, some shit like this. And you went, it wasn't on the menu and you went into McDonald's and you had to say, I want the cactus farm plant happy meal, whatever. And when I was at my sister's house, she went and she got one and she had the little toy by her computer. I went when I was there, took the kids. I, they were like, we're sold out, of course. Sold out at McDonald's. Can you imagine? Well, I got news for you people. Now, the cactus plant flea market, adult Happy Meals from McDonald's, those toys unopened are selling online for $300,000. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Gives a whole new meaning to McDonald's toys, doesn't it, people? That's right. I think in the next year, 
Two, we're going to see fast food brands doing collaborations. We saw it. We saw it with Target. What was Target's collab? Target's first designer collab was with Isaac Mizrahi. That was like 20 years ago now. And then they did Liberty of London. Liberty of London is known for their dizzy, busy prints, right? Their prints. And what these companies do, by the way, is they license out their brand and they license the print or the design or whatever. And then Target makes it with lesser quality. I don't know if the actual designer like Isaac or Liberty of London signs off on the final product. I would imagine they sign off on the final product because why would they want their name attached to something that wasn't at least decent quality if it's going to sell on Target? But we obviously saw these collabs with Target and stuff. So I I think that we're going to start seeing these collaborations in more places like the fast food industry, because this is wild. This is absolutely $300,000 for a McDonald's toy. There's a whole landfill landfill in Staten Island filled to the brim of old nasty McDonald's toys that nobody wants. But slap an artist name on it, slap a designer name, and look, people go absolutely effing mental, okay? You know who's doing collabs that I really like, by the by, that I was planning on mentioning today? La Sport Sack. I don't know what hole I've been living in, but apparently they've done collabs for a long time. And they do my favorite kind of collaborations. They do collaborations with like for pe- like Peter Rabbit for La Sport Sack. And then they have a whole line of, of La Sport Sacks with Peter Rabbits. They have Keith Haring right now, who's one of my favorites. I, he's kind of in style now, Keith Haring. Like in the last like five years, his like name has been in the zeitgeist. No, Keith, ha- he was a gay graffiti artist in Manhattan. And when I was a kid, I saw some of the stuff on the floor. They would be uh, chalk. I remember being a kid seeing chalk drawings on the sidewalks, on walls. And it was of these people, you know, and they, you know, like uh, almost looks like the sign that almost looks like a gingerbread man kind of um, outline of a person, right? Like that kind of thing, that shape. And they would be a well, you know, I think you know who Keith Haring is. I don't think I need to bang on. Anyway, they did a collaboration with Le Sports Act. There's just lo- there's just lots of cool, there's just lots of, they just do a lot of cool things. I had no idea. Keith Haring is one of the most revered New York City artists. In the 80s, street culture, I think 90s, because I feel like I saw, he, you know, he died. Mm. Very nice. My favorite list sports act that came out that they're not bringing back, and I don't know why. I would love for you to do this list sports act. They had a patent, a, a, a patent nylon. It was like you know, not patent leather, but patent nylon fabric, and they made their bags. I loved it because it was the same list sports act that was very sturdy, never breaks. Uh, you know, never. I mean, not well, never, not not nothing's never should never be said. Okay, just just putting out there. Very resistant to ripping and tearing and wearing down. I I loved the because you got the same that same Le Sport Sack structure, but they had the patent on there that made it a little bit chicer. I don't mind using the matted nylon Le Sport Sack, right? But I, the patent dressed it up a little bit. They're not doing it anymore. <clears throat> and I do, by the way, have another ba- my product of the week later on is a patent bag that came back because it wasn't, they, the line stopped it, but we'll talk about that in a second. Anyway, legendary singer, Lena Horn. who knew 
She spent more than three decades living on the Upper East Side. I had no idea. She lived in a, a co-op over here. And her apartment is for sale, people. If you want to see what where Lena Horn lived, you can look it up. 23 East 74th Street, apartment 5A. Let's talk about that for a second. $2.195 million. Let's say it's 2.2. 2.2 mil. Wait, you'll die. Oh, wait, let me say. 2.2 mil. Guess what you get for that in Manhattan? 2.2 mil. It's a two-bedroom, two-bathroom. It's over a thousand... Uh, square feet, over over $1,000 a square foot. It's 2,100 square feet. It's actually a big space. 2,100 square feet, come on, is a nice size home in the suburbs. That really is. That's a beautiful size home in the suburbs. Uh, Two bed, two bath. So it must have a nice spacious layout, but 2.2 million. You know how much the maintenance is on that? If you had to guess, what do you think you pay for maintenance? And just for for all my non-New York City residents, Maintenance is what we pay for building maintenance, uh, outside maintenance, and that's also the the money that goes to towards the the building staff and everything. And if you live in a co-op, a co-op apartment, your maintenance and your property taxes are combined into one number. If you live in a condo, if you buy a condo in New York, your maintenance and your property taxes are separated out, right? So Lena Horn, this is a co-op. And for $2.2 million at 2,100 square feet, home maintenance per month, $5,700. That's right, $5,700 maintenance. It's expensive in this city, people. My maintenance isn't that. I couldn't, I'm saying this like as if, I couldn't afford that, okay? Couldn't afford that. (laughs) Anyway. So basically what I'm saying is if you took out maybe a 25, 30, if you put 25, 30% down on a mortgage for this apartment, you're basically looking at $10,000 payment a month, which includes your mortgage and your your maintenance. $10,000 a month for a two-bedroom apartment. That's, that's, that's it. That's it. Oh my God. Actually, no, no, I think actually that's right. If you may, is it 10,000 a month? No. No, I'm wrong. Your mortgage would be um, about $9,700 a month. And then your maintenance at 50. You're looking at $16,000 a month. $16,000. I did the math wrong in my head. Six. I, you know what? I'm moving on from this topic. If you just want to see where Lena Horn lives, go Google it. $16,000 a month. They're going to put a casino. I don't know if it's definite. They're going to put, I feel like this is a very New York episode. Times Square right now is thinking about adding Caesar's Palace to Times Square. Caesar's Entertainment, which is the parent, I think, of Caesar's Palace. You know, whatever, Caesar's Casino. They're going to open a casino in the heart of Manhattan. On the Las Vegas Strip it is, and obviously Atlantic City. And they now want to bring their casino to 44th Street and Broadway in Manhattan. They, 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 they're proposing it. They're in a proposal phase right now. Here's the thing. And, and by the way, you know, New York State approved licenses for uh, casinos. New York State approved licenses for casinos in the city. They approved for three, li- three licenses in, in casinos. So, so I think that it's going to happen eventually. I don't know when. And the reason why, I, I mean, well, here's the thing. It will 
provide tons of jobs. There's a casino in Times Square. It will provide billions of dollars in tax revenue for New York City and the state if there's casinos in Manhattan. And they're saying in their proposal that they think that it will help foot traffic and obviously bring more tourists. Do we want more tourists in Times Square, people? This place, Times Square is a cesspool right now. I avoid it at all costs. And you want to bring more people in. Someone said, someone on this uh, casino proposal said, oh, it's going to clean up Times Square. It's going to make it nicer. Oh, uh, in what world do casinos clean up areas? Really? Really? You know what would clean up? Maybe if you put like high-end hotels and spas and conference places, and I don't know, but a casino, you think a casino is going to clean? And what? Oh, you're going you're gonna to get all the old biddies coming in on their little scooters, doing their dollar, their, their dollar, 25 cent slots, penny slots, whatever. Not dollar slots. They, like they would never do dollar slots. Penny slots. All walks of life. I don't know. You know what I do know is that if there's a casino, maybe then there'll be a comedy club. Okay? So that's good news for me. But the guy who owns Virgil's Barbecue, have you been to Virgil's Barbecue? Um, he, the pres- Jeffrey Bank is the CEO of a restaurant group that operates Virgil's Barbecue, which I've been, it's actually good. Carmine's, we all know Carmine's. He went on record and said, it's time for us to reinvest in Manhattan again. And it's time for us to reinvest in Times Square. And he says, Times Square is the beating heart of New York. And it's hurting from the pandemic. And the Caesars Casino will will lift that. I understand this is an economic driver, a potential casino. I understand a build in Times Square could be a good thing. But one... Maybe it's the beating heart of New York City for tourists, but not for real New Yorkers, Jeffrey. And also, you want to reinvest in New York? Look, I got to keep the politics out of it, but I don't know. Why don't we clean up the crime? How about that? Why don't Jeffrey? How about that? Everybody only cares about the fuck effing, I don't even want to say that. Yes, I will. Everybody only cares about the fucking bottom line. Everybody only cares about the money, right? I wonder where this Jeffrey, does he live in New York City? Has he been around seeing the crime? That's all I'm going to say. I guess it's better than Margaritaville. You know, when they opened in Times Square. Who knows? The other thing about New York City businesses, by the way, is I think I told you a few weeks ago that a lot of businesses that I've been seeing are going cashless. I, I told you that, right? That's a new thing. Well, Van Leeuwen Ice Cream is this fancy ice cream place in New York. Um, when I say fancy, I mean, it's just because it's called Van Leeuwen. And I'm probably even saying it wrong. It's probably like Van Leeuwen or something. But they started off as a truck. Now they have actual stores. They announced that they were going cashless. Like they were like, we're going cashless. We're only taking cards. And guess what? They got over $100,000 in penalties because of this not accepting cash. So for everything that I'm saying about businesses not taking cash, I didn't know that that actually was illegal. Wow. That's news right there. Who knew? Oh, man. Oh, man. There's a lot. There's a lot. A lot will be changing. A lot will be changing when it comes to this kind of stuff, right? Businesses taking cash. Are they going to take crypto? Are they taking credit cards? 
And once the government, New York City, New York State, other states across the country, once everybody becomes more comfortable with a cashless society, whenever that happens, 10 years, 20 years, whatever it is, then obviously we'll see businesses only t- really only doing cash only. I thought that time was coming sooner just because I've been seeing it on foot in the neighborhoods. I didn't realize that they were violating a law. The, the law is... Uh, companies are required to allow cash transactions. So that's what I got, people. Product of the day on the handbag note. <clears throat> MZ Wallace, they make those quilted bags. They, I, I, I think I talked about this ages ago. I got one for Mother's Day a few years ago when my ex-husband was deciding to be nice to me, which was very nice because you know, for my birthday this year, he thought that the girls should just get me a candle, which is fine. I don't care. You know what? I don't care because I love them and I get all the love I need. But that's that's what he thought the mother of his children should get, a candle. Fine. Moving right along. MZ Wallace makes these beautiful uh, nylon quilted bags that all the moms carry around the city, right? They carry the large tote bag, then there's the medium. They used to have a line of patent leather quilted bags. And I am pleased to say that that line is back. So I ordered the medium size quilted bag with the strap in a patent. It came. I sent it back. Just here's the reason why. The bag is beautiful. It was like $250, which I didn't want to spend, by the way. I didn't want to spend that. But it came... But I thought I really, I'm all schleppy all over the place for stand-up. It would be nice to have like a biggish bag and be able to look down and see a little shine. You know what I'm saying? I like to jazz it up a little bit. So I I ordered the bag and it arrives. And, you know, the size is fine. I mean, it could have been a little bigger, to be honest, because I have to carry around my tripod. Pain in the ass. But the bag comes. Patent is gorgeous. Inside is nice. Zip inside comes with a cosmetic pouch inside. Has a big long strap to do a crossbody, and then it has two handles where you can carry it as a handbag. But the handles were very stiff. They were stiff, so I put the bag on. And I attached the strap, and I'm standing in the mirror, and I'm looking at it. And the handles are freaking stiff. And I wanted handles that just like organically like flow down. I didn't want a stiff, stuffed handle. You know what I'm saying? Because then the, then when you walk around, it's like you're walking around with the bag and then you got handles digging in to underneath your bub. You know what I'm talking? I didn't want that. That was, you know? So I returned it. And I, they also have, but they do, I, I didn't order it yet, but they have a little square, small pouch crossbody pouch in patent, which is nice. But they also have a pearl collection now, like a silvery pearl. It's just very, it, you know what? I thought, I like what MZ Wallace is doing. I, I, I like functional, functional, fabulous, affordable. I'm in. Easy to clean. By the way, another thing with the sports sack, I'll say, I'll, I'll give them kudos for it. You could throw the sports sack right in the washing machine. Okay. And the dryer. Speaking of functional and fabulous, so I started, you know, I'm doing the jewelry. I made a line. You'll be pleased to know. I made a line. Like, like they're like, where does this girl have time? I don't sleep. I'll sleep when I'm dead. Yeah, come on. Right, people? What's the point? But I made a line. It's a line of charms. I'm actually, if you see the YouTube, I'm wearing not one of mine, but um, this is, you know, in the 50s and the 60s, there was those uh, vintage 
coin charms and women would wear like the charm bracelets and the charm necklaces. So I'm doing something like that. Not necessarily like a crazy amount of charms, but I think I'm going to do maybe like seven, eight, nine, maybe 10 charms to start. And I, 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 I designed them and um, they're going to be cool. They're going to be cool. Charms with the Italian horn and, and, and other ones. And uh, you know, there's my mother. She's like, who wears the Italian horn? People, people wear it. And you want to know what? Half the horns that are out there are freaking hideous. I got news for you. They're just, well, they're just plain gold. I shouldn't say they're hideous because I love yellow gold. They're just plain yellow gold or plain sterling silver. What about horns with diamonds or rubies or sapphire? You know, just jazz it up and other, and other, and other styles of as well. So anyway, I have my vintage charm on right now. This, uh, and and it's on a beautiful yellow gold rope. So that that's that's what I'm doing, and I think it's gonna be it's gonna be so fun. And I can't wait. I can't wait to get. I can't wait to see the the designs on the computer because you know I like drew them out. And I have, then they're gonna go. On, then they're going through the computer. Then I can't wait to to get them see the raw, the 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 raw gold, and then I can't wait to wear them. So that's what I'm doing, people. That's what I'm doing. And if I sell them which I don't know if I will, I will sell them. So I'm making everything in solid gold, no gold fill, no brass with gold over it. Everything that I'm making is solid gold with real stones and it's all very high quality. But I think that I might have, if I sell, I might have options with the gold fill and da 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 because, because, because gold right now is like $1,700 a gram or something, people. That's why. So it's like crazy expensive. So just saying. So a lot of these companies, more either way, that are doing that if you're ever retargeted for ads, I'm always retargeted for jewelry ads. They a lot of them are like gold film or gold plate. So it doesn't necessarily turn your hand green. It's not like back in the day. But it's not exactly a multi-generational jewelry hand-me-down piece. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, that's it. That's the product. That's what I'm talking about. It's really about MZ Wallace. I just looked down, saw this thing dangling, so I don't want to talk about that. Here's the quote of the day from everybody's favorite, SJP, Carrie Bradshaw. The most important thing in life is your family. There are days you love them and others you don't. But in the end, they're the people you always come home to. Sometimes it's the family you're born into. And sometimes it's the one that you make for yourself. That's what I got, people. This is episode 120. Thank you for listening to Crazy Effing Mommy. I'm Elise DeLucci. Love to love you, baby. I'm not going to